Welcome to the Sports Town Podcast, or the STP Pod for short. No politics, no drama, no arguing. Just two guys talking sports. I'm your host, JJ Peters. Today on the podcast, or on the Thanksgiving special, we will dive into Thanksgiving football preview, day one of college hoops, more NBA free agency talk, reaction to the college football playoff ranking, and the Atlanta Braves signed right-handed pitcher Charlie Morton to a one-year deal. And it's time to announce the poll question results. Um, You can vote at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And the question was, should BYU be higher in the college football playoff ranking? The results are in, and BYU is running away with it. Thanks again for voting. You can vote on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Sportstown Podcast. Today is Thanksgiving, and I want to say happy Thanksgiving to all the fans that are listening to this podcast. Even though it's a different year this year, I hope all of you are staying safe and have a wonderful Thanksgiving and holiday season. Before we dive into some more awesome sports topics, I'd like to tell you about Anchor. If you haven't heard anything about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Can't go wrong with that. And guess what? There's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. That's not all, though. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It keeps on getting better, though. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, let's get back to the show. A quick sports update. Bad news for Tampa Bay Rays fans. ALCS MVP Randy Rosarena has been detained in Mexico for a domestic violence charge that involves his girlfriend. According to the officials, Rosarena has not been charged and might be released in two days. The Rays have been notified and will look into the situation down the road. The MLB has also opened an investigation that involves the 2020 ALCS MVP. According to multiple sources, a Rosarena will likely not be charged. The best game on Thanksgiving will be postponed and be played at a later date. Because of all the positive tests for the Ravens, the game had to be rescheduled before Baltimore traveled to Pittsburgh. The game has now been moved to Sunday afternoon at 1.15 p.m. Eastern on NBC. Earlier in the week, running backs Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins tested positive for coronavirus. Defensive tackle Brandon Williams was placed on the COVID injury list because of close contact tracing. According to multiple sources, more players from the Ravens tested positive for COVID and also had close contact with certain players that had tested positive. It's too bad the best game on Turkey Day was postponed. It would have been a fantastic game. Five other players on the Baltimore Ravens roster have tested positive for COVID-19 that include Pernell McAfee, Matt Sakira, Trace McSorley, Patrick McCarry, and Calais Campbell. After the game was moved, many Pittsburgh Steelers players that included Juju Smith-Schuster and Eric Ebron tweeted about their complaints. Nick Saban has tested positive for coronavirus. University of Alabama head football coach Nick Saban has been tested for coronavirus and will, or has tested positive for coronavirus and will not be able to coach this week's game versus Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Saban will be required to quarantine for 10 days and have test negative before he can return to the University of Alabama facility. If he is fine with 10 days, he will be able to coach on December 4th versus Arkansas in the last game of the season before the SEC championship game. A month ago, Saban tested positive for coronavirus, but it was deemed a false positive after he tested negative three days in a row. The 69-year-old coach will not be able to communicate with the team on Saturday's game versus the Tigers. However, he can communicate with the coaches and players in practices. Offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian will be the interim coach on Saturday. Sarkeesian will also call the offense plays and was a head coach for Washington USC before becoming the offensive coordinator at Alabama. The Atlanta Braves have signed the former Pittsburgh Pirate, Philadelphia Philly, Houston Astro, and Tampa Bay Ray. 
Morton played last season with the Rays and helped Tampa Bay reach their second World Series in franchise history. Charlie Morton has been in the league since 2008 and is a two-time All-Star, World Series champion, and former MLB second-team All-Star in 2019. Morton was the pitcher for the Tampa Bay to finally finish Houston in the ALCS. Tampa Bay almost blew a 3-0 lead to Houston, but held on to win in seven games. The Rays would eventually fall to the LA Dodgers in the World Series in Game 6, but Tampa definitely overachieved last season. The deal is reportedly worth one year, $15 million. Is this a good signing for the Braves? I think it is. Charlie Morton is a great pitcher. He struggled a little bit in the World Series, but he played great in the postseason, had a good season, or had a good year. Uh, the Braves have also a good, uh, a great history on signing one-year uh, or signing free agents to one-year deal. Uh, of course, last year they signed Marcelo Zuna from the Cardinals on a one-year deal. He did a great job as an MVP candidate for most of the season. So I think this is a good signing for the Braves. Charlie Morton's a great pitcher, and it helps the Braves pitching staff get even better. Um, how well does Morton do with the Braves? I think he does great. Um, yes, he is getting up there. He's 37 years old. But when you add a pitcher of Charlie Morton's caliber, I think it makes your pitching staff that much better, and I think he does well. And, of course, we're going to likely have 162-game our full season next year. So I think he'll, he'll do better than a lot of people are predicting him to do. Um, like I said, he's been in the league for a long time, but I think he does great with the Braves. Uh, my prediction for the Atlanta Braves next year, I think they win the uh, the NL East once again. And I'm not sure they go to the World Series because the Dodgers are going to be there again. Um, but I just, I oh mean, I think they can be the second or third best team in the National League next year. And I definitely think they can make the NLCS. I just don't know if they can beat the Dodgers, but I do believe they'll win the ALCS again this season. NBA free agency continues. Many of the top free agents have been signed or traded to their new team. However, there are still some out there left in free agency. Let's find out who the rest of the players signed with. Brandon Ingram is signing a five-year, $158 million extension to stay with the New Orleans Pelicans, the reigning most improved player of the year and the former number two overall pick in the 2016 NBA draft. Ingram had a best season of his career made to the All-Star game for the first time in his career. Ingram was a great addition to the Pelicans after being traded for Anthony Davis. Bogdan Bogdanovich is signing with the Atlanta Hawks on a four-year, $72 million deal. The Sacramento Kings have declined to match the deal the Hawks offered. Before free agency started, the Milwaukee Bucks had thought they signed Bogdanovich. However, Bogdanovich turned down Milwaukee and instead decided to enter into free agency as an unrestricted free agent. According to multiple sources, Giannis Antetokounmpo wanted Bogdanovich on the team and was his first choice for free agents. The Detroit Pistons and the Houston Rockets have officially agreed on a sign-and-trade deal that would send Christian Wood to the Houston Rockets, the Lakers' 2021 second-round pick, and the Pistons' 2021 first-round pick. The Pistons received Trevor Ariza, the draft rights to Isaiah Stewart, cast considerations, and the Rockets' future second-round pick. Gordon Drogic is staying in Miami. Drogic is signing a two-year $37.5 million deal that includes an $18 million salary for next season. Gordon Drogic was traded from Phoenix to Miami in 2015 and helped lead the Heat to their first NBA Finals since 2014. Drogic was a huge help to a surprising Miami team that took the Lakers all the way to six games in the NBA Finals this past season. Jeremiah Grant is signing a three-year $60 million deal to join the Detroit Pistons. The Detroit Pistons and Denver Nuggets officially made a sign-trade deal for Jeremiah Grant. Grant spent last season with the Nuggets and helped Denver reach the Western Conference Finals. The Detroit Pistons also signed Grant's former teammate Mason Plumlee and traded Christian Wood to the Houston Rockets. The Washington Wizards have re-signed sharpshooter Davis Bertans to a 50-year, $80 million contract. Bertans last season was traded from San Antonio to Washington and made the Spurs regret their decision of trading him. 
Last season, Bertans averaged 15 points a game, 4.5 rebounds per game, and 42% from the three-point line. Bertans also is a candidate for the sixth man of the year last season. The LA Clippers have re-signed Marcus Morris to a four-year, $64 million contract. Morris was picked up by the Clippers last season before the bubble. Last season, Morris averaged 10 points a game, four rebounds a game, and averaged 28 minutes per game. Contavious Caldwell-Pope has returned to the LA Lakers on a $40 million contract over the next three seasons. KCP was a great asset to the Lakers during their championship run last season. Before free agency started, KCP was one of the top targets for the Lakers to bring back this season in free agency. And lastly, DeMarcus Cousins has officially agreed on a contract with the Houston Rockets. Last season, Cousins signed with, signed with the Lakers, but Torres ACL was waived immediately. According to reports done by ESPN, the contract is a one-year deal. DeMarcus Cousins was a former All-Star with the Kings and Pelicans. Cousins was also a member of the Warriors in 2019. The first edition of the College Football Playoff Rankings were revealed on Tuesday night on ESPN. To nobody's surprise, Alabama and Notre Dame are ranked 1-2. and two. However, Clemson is ranked 3rd and Ohio State is 4th. Most believe the reason why Clemson is ranked above Ohio State is because the Buckeyes have only played four games and the Tigers have eight games played. But the biggest surprise was that BYU is ranked so low. The Cougars are undefeated and were ranked eighth in the last AP, poll, AP ranking. But the first edition of the College Playoff ranking had them ranked 15th. I understand that they haven't played anybody and are independent, but this is ludicrous on why they are ranked so low. The rest of the top 10 are Texas A&M, Florida, Cincinnati, Northwestern, Georgia, and Miami. My thoughts are, of course, you've kind of heard them already. I think it's ludicrous and it's insane why BUIU is ranked so low. They are a very good football team. Yes, they've played nobody. They're independent. I understand all that. But when you have them ranked in the eighth in the APU ranking, and then you put them at 15th below teams like Iowa State and Miami, I think they're better than both those teams. Of course, they'll never get a chance to prove it. And I feel like BYU will probably still get a, a, a kind of a crappy bowl just because they really haven't played anybody. But I mean, this is just so much disrespect to the Cougars, and I feel like BYU is just going to blow out their next opponent on December twelfth. Um, what was what rankings should what what should the rankings be? Well, if I thought I would probably put Alabama and Notre Dame at one and two, I think Clemson is better than Ohio State, so top four is right. But I think uh, Texas A&M should not be five. I would put uh, Florida at the fifth. Or fifth or I would put Florida at rank five. I'd put Cincinnati at sixth. I'd probably put Texas A&M at 7th, Georgia's fine at 8th, North. I'd probably put BYU at ninth and Northwestern at 10. I don't think Miami should be in the top 10. I don't think they're that great. Um, they played very poorly against Clemson about a month ago or a month and a half ago. So I just don't think Miami has really proved themselves to be a good football team. And again, I, I think BYU should be ranked at least ninth. Um Right now, again, as we're speaking about at BYU, is BYU legit? I think they are. Yes, they haven't played anybody, but they're getting so much disrespect from college football. I mean, they have a chance. I mean, what they've done to most teams is incredible. Yes, they haven't played much people, but they just blow out their opponents. And I just think, I think they're a legit team. I think if they got a chance to play against a good team, they would either beat them or play very well and challenge them all the way up until the end. Um, and of course, the last question is, who is the leading candidate for the Heisman Trophy? Well, a lot of people say that Justin Fields took himself out of the Heisman consideration after a poor outing versus Indiana. But guess what? They won, and I still think Fields is the guy that should be the favorite to win it. Uh, just or Not Justin Fields. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has taken himself out of it. He's now missed three games because their game versus Florida State was postponed or canceled. 
Um, I think Mac Jones is solid. He still has a chance to prove himself. A lot of people, though, including Dan Patrick, the host of the Dan Patrick Show, says Kyle Trask is the Heisman leading candidate. I would probably, def- I would probably disagree with that. But of course, in a few weeks, we'll probably get Mac Jones versus Kyle Trask, and that could be for the Heisman. But I think right now, in my opinion, it's still Justin Fields from Ohio State. College basketball is finally back. It's been over nine months since we have seen college hoops, but yesterday a full slate of college basketball games happened, and I will give you updates on all the top games of the day. Here are all the top games that happened on Wednesday. Fourth-ranked Virginia versus Townsend. Eighth-ranked Illinois versus NCAT&T. 17th-ranked Houston versus Lamar. Fifth-ranked Iowa versus NC Central. Tenth-ranked Kentucky versus Moorhead State. Number 16, North Carolina versus Charleston. Seventh-ranked Wisconsin versus Eastern Illinois. And third-ranked Villanova versus Boston College. I will give you all the scores and updates of those games. It's been a long time, but again, College Hoops is finally back. There were many games on the card that happened on Wednesday. Most of the top 25 teams were in action, and there were a lot of ugly games. As I have said in the past, I'm just glad College Hoops are back, even if they are fans or very little fans at all. There is some normalcy in the college ranks. Fourth-ranked Virginia cruised past Townsend, 89-54. Fifth-ranked Iowa creamed NC Central, 97-67, led by preseason All-American Luca Garza. Number eight, Illinois had no problems versus NC State, 122-60. Tenth-ranked Kentucky smoked Moorhead State, 81-45. Thirteenth-ranked Michigan State defeated Eastern Michigan, 83-67. North Carolina blew past Charleston, 79-60. Texas Tech crucified Northwestern State, 101-58. And West Virginia beat South Dakota State, 79-71. Third-ranked Villanova held on to beat Boston College, 76-67. Wisconsin was still in action at the time of this recording. What team looks the best? Well, Iowa looked pretty solid, led by Luca Garza. I didn't, I wasn't super hyped about Garza coming into the season, but when I saw the highlights from him versus NC Central, I understand it's NC Central, but Luca Garza is pretty good, and I, I have no problem with him being the preseason All American and possibly College Basketball Player of the Year. Uh, Illinois looked good, and that for the first time in a long time, they could be back. When you put 122 points on the first game of the season, that's pretty good. Um, the one game I was a little shocked about was Villanova did not play well against Boston College. Maybe Boston College is better than we think, but Villanova had to win the last seconds. They won by nine points, but Villanova and Boston College both need to work on their free throws, but Villanova might not be the team we thought they were because they struggled against Boston College at the 2K Empire Classic. Um Kentucky looked pretty solid against Moorhead State. Michigan State, again, had no problem with Eastern Michigan, but the team I was most impressed with um, was definitely Iowa. They creamed NC uh, NC Central, and Luca Garza, he looks legit. Um, What players were the best of the night? Well, that's a a tough question. Um, I probably would have to say Luca Garza. He looked great. Um, Again, I have no problem with him being the preseason All-American. They had no problems with NC Central. Uh, man, I just, I can't really think of anybody else that really played better than Luca Garza. Um, well, what team are you most excited for? Well, I'm really excited for, of course, I'm a Louisville fan, so I'm very impressed. I'm, I'm very excited for this team, but I would probably say that most, the team that is the most promising is probably Virginia. They won the championship two years ago. Technically, they are still the champions, but I'm very excited for them. Yes, they played Townsend, but uh, I'm very excited for this Virginia team and see what they can do in a, uh, the coming years, um, or in the coming season, I should say. Uh, can I predict a sleeper team? Um, it's probably still too early, but Boston College, they could be the sleeper team. They almost 
beat uh, Villanova. I'm very impressed. Villanova is is a very good team. So to go into the 2K classes and almost beat them is pretty good, especially for the start of the season. So I would probably say my sleeper team at the moment is Boston College. Thanksgiving football is a huge NFL tradition that happens every year with the Detroit Lions and Dallas Cowboys playing every year. But for the first time since 2005, there will only be two games being played instead of the three. As you all know, the Ravens and Texans or Ravens and Steelers game has been postponed to Sunday because of COVID tests from the Baltimore Ravens. The games, however, that are being played, the Lions host the Texans and the Cowboys play their bitter rival, the Washington football team. I will give you my thoughts on the games that will be played on Turkey Day. Well, I was super excited for the Ravens-Steelers game. That game is no longer being played on Thursday night. So we get to we get to watch the Detroit Lions and Houston Texans, both teams that are likely not making the playoffs. And then you got two underachieving teams in the Dallas Cowboys and Washington football team. But despite both teams being terrible, they still have a shot to win the awful NFC East. Um, <laughs> I can't say that I'm super excited for these games. However, the Lions, they could get their season back on track if they're able to beat the Texans. Then they'll go five and six. Uh, the Texans are coming off of a big win versus the Patriots. Um, you know, honestly, this game it could go either way. But again, I'm not too excited. But it is football, so I'll be watching. And then, of course, the Cowboys play the Washington football team. And even though this game sounds terrible on paper, it is a, still a must win for both teams because both teams still have a shot to win the division and host a playoff game, which is just unbelievable. But the NFC East, I think, has proved itself to be the worst division in football ever. Um, let's start off with the Lions and Texans. Uh, my thoughts on the game. Well, both teams were supposed to be a lot better when they – uh, when they scheduled this game. Uh, the Lions actually had a chance to make the playoffs, and the Texans had just made it all the way to the second round of the playoffs and actually had a 21-0 lead on the Chiefs. But the season has gone completely south for the Texans. They eventually fired Bill O'Brien. Um, you know, it's been a tough year for Deshaun Watson. They traded DeAndre Hopkins, his best receiver. And then they, of course, don't have a first-round pick this uh, upcoming draft because they traded it for Laramie Tunzel and Kenny Stills. So, again... Texans are, it's not been a season to remember, but you know, the last one the Texans played on Thanksgiving, they won. They were led by Matt Schaub, who at the time was an MVP candidate and they beat the Lions in overtime. Um, but to be honest with you, this game could go either way, but uh, my predictions for the game, I think the Lions do end up winning by seven points, 31, 24. They could get their season back on track. They just lost to the um, Carolina Panthers without quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, or Christian McCaffrey. They, landed a goose egg against an XFL quarterback. Not a good look for the Lions, but if they're able to beat the Texans, some people will forget about that. And again, the Lions are still are back in and if they're able to beat the Texans. Uh, what do both teams need to watch out for? Well, first of all, the Detroit Lions need to get Matt Stafford going. He's got to get, he's got to get, he's got to play well. I think that the Lions want to win. Stafford has to throw for over 300 yards, which is easy for Stafford. But the question is, is Kenny Galladay going to be playing? What receiver can step up for the Lions? And can the Lions finally get some producing numbers from Adrian Peterson? Can Adrian Peterson finally be the player he was a few years ago? Um, lately, they've been kind of running off of um, DeAndre Swift. Uh, Adrian Peterson has somewhat struggled, but the Lions need to be able to run the football, and Matt Stafford needs to have one of his best games for them to win. Uh, the Houston Texans, they've got to figure out what to do Basically, they've got to help Deshaun Watson out. I understand they don't have a lot of weapons, um, but they got to figure out a way to protect Deshaun Watson. He feels like he's getting killed every game. They've got to find someone else to rely on. I know Watson's their quarterback, but they've got to give him some help. And the defense has to be able to stop Matt Stafford and the Lions offense. Uh, 
Um, does Matt Patricia get fired if they lose? Absolutely. Um, if the Lions lose to the Texans, that means they're four and seven, and they have kind of a mini buy. So I think this is a perfect time for the Lions to finally let go Matt Patricia. And I'm assuming that Bob Quinn will get fired as well if the Lions lose to the Texans, especially if it's not a close game. But I don't see that happening because I think the Detroit Lions will win this game because the Houston Texans are a complete joke this season. Uh, let's go to the next game, Washington versus Dallas. Well, this is technically for a playoff spot because both teams are still have a shot in the playoffs. Uh, the Dallas finally got their season back on track when they upset the Minnesota Vikings. We thought the Vikings had a chance, but then they end up losing. Um, Mike McCarthy, I think he gets another year after this season because I don't think the Cowboys are making the playoffs. But um, on the other side, Washington, um, it's been a wild year for them. They had to change their name. Um, Ron Revere gets cancer after get against cancer after he gets hired. Uh, multiple distractions before the season started. And when the season started, they looked completely what we thought they would like a joke, but I think Washington still has a chance. And I think that, I think, I think the Washington football team wins this game. I think they beat the Dallas Cowboys. My prediction for this game, the Cowboys win, let's say 23, 13 in kind of a sloppy game. Um, who is the better team? Well, technically on paper, the Cowboys are, but right now I think Washington is the better football team right now because they are playing a lot better, even though they're not great. They are still playing a lot better than the Cowboys. So I think the Cowboys on paper are better, but right now I think the Washington football team is. Um, lastly, who wins the awful NFC East? Well, I think the Eagles, despite how bad they are, a lot of people say the New York Giants are going to win it, but I think the Eagles will hold on to win. Um, I think Washington makes a late surge at the end of the season and wins, what, five games, and the Eagles will end up winning seven, which kind of seems like a stretch. But uh, I think the Eagles end up winning the NFC East. Um, does Dak Prescott, I know this is kind of thinking forward, and this is long down the road, but does Dak Prescott get a contract or gets a big contract by the Cowboys? I think it does. I think the Cowboys have no choice because of how bad they are without Prescott. I doubted if – before the season started, I didn't think Dak – Dak Prescott made the team better. I thought he actually made the team, or I thought he was just an average quarterback, really. But he has proved to me that Dak Prescott is the team. And without him, the Cowboys are not the same team. Even though they have great receivers, they have a great running back, or supposed to. Their defense was supposed to be great. But I think Dak Prescott makes that team a lot better. And I think he does get a massive contract at the end of the season. Thanks for listening to the Sports Town Podcast, or the STP Pod for short. We release new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and much more. Don't forget to subscribe, comment, leave a like, and rate. Also, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Sports Town Podcast.